This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Side Hustlers podcast. I am your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. And I have to say thank you and hello to all the new people listening because you have heard this podcast as an ad before another one of your favorite podcasts, which is really freaking crazy to me. Backstory, I have my own morning show in Seattle for iHeartRadio. It's on 106.1 KISS FM. Loved radio my whole life. Got into radio uh, nine years ago, 10 years ago at this point worked for Elvis Duran in the morning show on Z100 in New York City it was syndicated all around the country and got this opportunity to have my own morning show with my best friend and co-worker Anthony in Seattle three and a half years ago moved out here and then in January 2018 I launched Side Hustlers podcast just as something I really really wanted to do because there were so many people around me who I was seeing doing these extra jobs and working extra and being passionate about it. So the fact now that people are listening to my podcast, not because of radio, which is kind of like the only thing I've 
ever known and ever really done and been passionate about is crazy to me. So huge, huge thank you for that. And that kind of leads us into this episode and how I found Adam because his wife randomly heard an ad for my podcast before one of the Bachelor podcasts. So that is super cool to me. So we're going to get into that in this episode and talk a lot about razors and no not the scooters the thing that you're using probably every day and I know you're probably like wow is this a side hustle well Adam is the co-founder of leaf shave check it out leafshave.com they are like the prettiest razors you will ever see and he's kind of tackling this huge industry and going up against this razor industry that we have known for literally ever and the cool part about leaf shave is that there are no plastics involved whatsoever. And as someone who lives in Seattle and loves the environment, this is really cool to me. And I know you are going to feel the same way. So let's hear Adam's story. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So it is, what, after 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast, and Adam is joining me, all, and I'm out in Seattle at 6.30 p.m., so thank you for doing this super late. appreciate that. I'm really happy to be here, Carla. Thanks for having me on. So as a side hustler, I'm assuming you have super late nights like this all the time. Yeah, this is not unusual for okay. me. My my nine to five, my day job is in the medical device industry. I've been doing that for about a decade, but uh, and my side job, I suppose, I'm a co-founder of a consumer products company. We make beautiful, modern, sustainable shaving razors, and we've been out for a couple of years. So uh, it's been, but we've been developing for about five or six years. So I've wow. spent a long time when I've had a lot of things to do. <laughs> what do you do nine to five? Because you said medical devices, but what does that mean to people like me? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, so I was an uh, undergraduate so mechanical smart. engineer. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was a bad mechanical engineer, so I went to business school. And then uh, I joined the medical device industry primarily in uh, product management and marketing. Okay. And I joined a very small startup in 2011. And uh, there were about 10 of us in a room, and, and we're developing a technology for robotic hip and knee replacements for surgeons. So very precise instrumentation through the FDA, a very highly regulated industry. Yeah. Uh, we commercialized a product, we launched it, we grew a business, and we sold it in 2016. And that was an amazing ride. The byproduct of that was that we had created a tight-knit group of people who could actually execute in this industry. So we very quickly jumped into another uh, orthopedic company to turn it around and uh, recapitalize the business and grow it. So now we're in a growth stage orthopedic company doing the same thing that we did for about seven years at that last one. So that's that's what I do day to day. Well, it sounds like you have a very impactful day job, which most of the people I talk to on this podcast, like I do the day job because it helps me fund my side hustle, but it looks like you love your job. Yeah, I, I am very blessed. I love all of the things that I do. The first exit from that company I joined in 2011 helped provide capital to start this business, the Leaf Shave Company, which is the company that I own. And having a, a well-paying 
day job allows us to bootstrap that company yep. and and maintain 100% ownership and really grow at our own pace and speed. And until it gets really uncomfortable, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Leaf Shave and okay. why razors? Because never, it, listen, I use razors every day of my life and never did I think, man, I, I hate this thing and I want it to be better until I used a leaf shave and I was like, Ooh, this Great. is nice. This is cool. <laughs> awesome. So what made you one day say, I need to make this better? Oh, well, uh, there's a couple things that really happen. Well, so one is I'm a, I'm a co-founder, so I have a partner in crime here. And by the way, I highly recommend anyone starting something, especially if you have a full-time job, to have someone doing it with you. And now my wife is part of the company as well. She is our first and only employee too. So it's a, it's a really tight-knit group of people, but having those people around you make it easier. So so my co-founder, his name is also Adam. We keep it very simple. Cute. We just hire Adam <laughs> the company. And your <laughs> and wife so is April, it. right? You're all yeah, A's. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Club, <laughs> only a players <laughs> so so adam uh, i don't know gosh 2012 2013 um we actually worked at that medical device startup together so he ran engineering i ran marketing he came downstairs to my desk one day after work we we're both working late and he says you know what i I have had this idea. I can't get a good shave with Gillette razors. Mm -hmm. I get razor burn. They're hard to use. They're expensive. And uh, we both noticed that Dollar Shave Club and Harry's, these kind of online subscription companies were popping up and they're becoming very popular very quickly. Uh, and so over the course of a few months, we're playing with ideas and we figured if we could actually invent a new type of razor and file intellectual property around that, and instead of just recycling the same old yeah. disposable razors that have been in use for decades and in some cases almost a century, then we think we could actually create a business. So that's what we did. It just took uh, oh, us you know, five that's years just what to we, do it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you're like, yeah, and then we did it. So five yeah, years, yeah, yeah. what was the first step to recreating the razor? Gosh, yeah. So we actually started with an idea of a resharpenable, kind of a hybrid between a straight, classic straight razor and a and, and, and where you buy the razor and you never have to buy another thing again. So it came with a little resharpening box. So you'd shave with it, cool. had a pivoting head, you put it in the box, you spin the box, it sharpens it. And then it's basically your razor for life. We spent oh, probably almost two years developing it. It worked. We put tens of thousands of our own dollars into this. We filed it IP, we got that issued, but we couldn't make it, manufacture it cheap enough to be commercially okay. available. It would be like a seven, $800 razor. Which, which, like no one's gonna do that. But you think in, the, in your whole life, how much money are you spending on this? It oh, probably makes sense, but yeah, outright, it mm, probably It totally not. makes sense, but it's so hard. I, we couldn't imagine how to actually bring that to market. So despite having sunk two years into it, we said, okay, we're gonna just tear it up. We're gonna start again and we're going to come at this problem from a different angle and that's when and uh, totally blessed to have a co-founder who's as smart as he is but adam came up with this second idea which no one had ever done before which was to take classic safety razor blades and put them into a, a modern multi-blade pivoting head all metal razors basically a diy mach 3 yeah and he figured out how to do it uh, we got the IP filed for that again. We're engineers. We like filing IP. And um, a couple years of development there. And that took us to a Kickstarter, which we did in 2016. Oh, that's awesome. So how much did you ask or how much was your goal for the Kickstarter? Oh, yeah. We wanted to raise $100,000 and we raised $115,000. Isn't that <laughs> Like, okay, so as being on your side of it, isn't it wild knowing that complete strangers are supporting you with their hard-earned money? 
it's crazy to me, honestly. It's been one of the best experiences because even two years later, I, we still hear from our early Kickstarter users very frequently whether things are going great or if they have a little issue, if they have some feedback. Um, you were on like a generation two razor by this point. We've taken a lot of feedback from cool. those early folks, but they're really our evangelists. They they put out money before we even had a thing. <laughs> it's wild. And obviously they feel like they're a part of it. And they, I mean, they are. And that is great that you were able to kind of start, but kind of do your second round from there. And as totally. someone who got my razor, so I have the rose gold one. I'm a big fan of rose gold. So I was very <laughs> pumped by that. And yeah, yeah. I opened it and my first reaction, I picked it up, I was like, whoa, this thing is heavy. It's legit. Yeah. And obviously, you know, just because something's heavy doesn't mean it's legit, but that's where you first go. It's like, all right, this weighs a lot. It's gotta be good. And then I said, wait, 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 I have to put the razors in. Like I had no <laughs> idea. And I was like, oh my God. So I read the instructions and I was like, right this is wild. Like the, this is really, really yes. cool. So it comes with, there are two different types of kits or sets that people can buy. Correct. Am I, if I'm doing any of this wrong, this is your yeah, company. Yeah, you can explain it. Basically just, you can buy like the razor handle. You can get like a starter kit, which comes with a bunch of other accessories. I mean, the, the, one of the main reasons people actually come to us at this point and, and we lean in heavily to this cause we think it's great. Well, first of all, it's, it's a great shave, but, uh, it, it does eliminate all of the display disposable plastic yes, more than and- 2 billion plastic razors are thrown away each year. I and love this. In the last 18 months, I can think of two other internet startups that have popped up selling women's razors direct to consumer that are just plastic disposable razors. And it blows my mind in a time when we're right. banning plastic straws and, and plastic bags are in question and people are conscious about the single use plastics that there isn't a more accessible solution. And that's what we're coming to the table with. No, it's amazing. And you are completely right. And it's like, it's something that hasn't been revamped almost really, like you said, in a hundred years. Like, yeah, okay, what have companies done? Add an extra blade and like a little soap thing on the on right. the little head? Like, right. no. And it, it's, you know, you have to keep buying all, like my blade in five days is dull. But the cool part about Leaf Shave is, so when you get your pack, it's uh, the one that I got, I think it's 20 blades with 40 edges. How That's long right. is that expected to last and obviously everyone uses it different but you know some people i mean the blades are so cheap which is really a beautiful thing here which is why you're going to save so much money they're they're pennies instead of dollars that you could switch it every time you shaved and you'd still turn out way ahead but we have users who go one or two months without changing their blades they're really high quality they'll hold their edge forever because they're thicker than cartridge blades uh so it's good steel i mean 40 blade edges could last you a couple of years, maybe more. I don't know. Oh my God. Well, it's yeah. crazy when you think about how before leaf shave existed, when we would have to buy <laughs> cartridges and it's like, Oh God, I have to go to the store and spend so much money. And you know how, you know, it's going to be expensive because the person at the drugstore has to come and unlock it for oh you. My God. It's the worst experience. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is the worst experience. Not only because you know, you're spending a lot of money, but you then have to go get someone to get your razors. It's like, yes. what is this? So you've kind of eliminated this annoyance that no one really thought of. So thank you, first of all, for that. You're welcome. And I'm for making to. them pretty. Because you, when you first started the podcast, you said there are these beautiful razors. I don't think anyone's yes. ever said that before. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't understand why. Like I want to keep, my goal is for our users to want their razors out when friends come over. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a statement piece in the bathroom, but it's also a tool. Like it's something you can use every day. So it has to work, but why can't it look great too? So you do have other colors than rose gold. So if guys are listening right now, they're like, well, 
well, I don't really want rose gold. You've got chrome, mercury, silver, obsidian, and black. Is that all of them? Yeah, uh, that sounds. We have a we have a shiny black and a matte black. Okay, shiny black, matte yeah. black. Okay, cool. I know. I say is that all of them? Like that's not enough colors. That is that's great. I mean, that's awesome. We probably awesome. have too many. We should probably cut that back. <laughs> no, I feel I feel like you're gonna have to do like a limited edition at some point. Like maybe turquoise right. or red now i'm giving you ideas that are probably unnecessary but I, i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do love that you're doing this plastic free razor because in oh. my mind you're right i am so into this plastic free world stop using things that are single use but in my mind i never thought as my razor is something like that yeah a lot of people don't think about it actually and it is one of the most wasteful things in the bathroom what we try to help our users out with especially when they're considering us is this concept of just being a conscious consumer so uh, sometimes people will come to us uh, mostly on instagram which is our, our most interactive channel we have great interaction there we've got a very lively community they'll come in they'll you know, they'll say look i i just found you i'm really excited i want this you know do you do you have a, a discount or a promo code do you, are you running any limited edition and i try to slow them down sometimes and i say okay i just i want to make sure we're really excited to have you join yeah. our lead family but let's do you have disposable razors still? And I try to have people run those down and use those up because we don't want those to go to waste. So just because if you're into a, a more sustainable lifestyle and try to make impactful switches, what we try to caution people doing is, is going towards the shiny object. So the best thing you can do is slow down and think thoughtfully about the purchases that you're going to be making. And if you do have a, um, a bunch of razors on the shelf, keep mm -hmm. using, using them through until you're ready. And then we'll be there. Like That's we're not cool. going anywhere. That's cool. And the fact that it's not that you're turning people away, but you're like, Hey, before you do this, finish what you have. And even me, I think I have a few left and I'm like, okay, as soon as that's done, I never <laughs> yeah. have to buy them again. And, and it's yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's cool to kind of be a part of this change. And it's so crazy that I'm talking about a razor and the fact that you've created <laughs> something that makes me passionate about a razor is amazing and incredible. I want you to love your razor. I, why, why couldn't you? It doesn't, you know. I know. You, I mean, <laughs> it's just not something we've ever thought of before. But when you guys were going into this, were you mm -hmm. concerned about tackling this industry that's kind of just, it's been around. I'm sure it's, I don't want to say it's a boys club, but I'm sure they've got their little club yeah. of, okay, we don't want any of these newer companies coming in. Yeah, it is a cutthroat oh, yeah. industry. It's been heavily dominated by one or two players for ever, ever, really. I mean, so in 1901, roughly, King Gillette invented the safety what? razor, what? right, of the eponymous <laughs> Gillette Company. And his first thing was King. He's such a boss. And um, and they've dominated ever since. But, um, you know, the, the the internet has uh, made it uh, made it a lot easier for companies like us to find distribution channels and find customers at a scale that doesn't require a lot of capital, which is amazing. There's a lot of great infrastructure out there from Shopify and, and WordPress to uh, credit card processing that enable little companies like us to pop up. And shaving is such a big market. Everyone basically shaves something roughly, and, and, and that's roughly recession proof too like it's not going anywhere anytime soon it's true. um even though 
trends come and go like facial hair and not facial hair. You know, if, if you're going to grow facial hair, you might shave something else. That's okay. We're there for you. <laughs> uh, we celebrate it either way. So yeah, we, we always thought that we didn't need to create the biggest company in the world that uh, if we bootstrapped ourselves and were patient and really thoughtful about what we did, that we could create a really nice business for us and see how big it got. Well, and I love that you guys are super unique. Like your website is when I went to the website, it just doesn't look like your run of the mill website yeah. and you guys are clever and fun and punny with the things yeah. that you say even <laughs> on, and on social media but have you it's you adam and your wife have you guys had to outsource at all in this process to hire someone or to have someone else do something for you so the website is done by a firm one of my buddies in pittsburgh uh, he runs a company called top hat they're a, de- a web development firm and uh, they're just a small family run group too and they did the website and a bunch of our our new branding which we rolled out really love working with those guys that's really that's probably the only thing that we outsource inside the business adam and i have very complementary skills he's very engineering manufacturing oriented he runs that side for us he does our our books and our finances and i i'm all downstream operations customer support marketing sales so we split our duties and we kind of have you know, we have to pick and choose our battles because we are such a small team, which really just focuses our attention so that we don't chase a lot of rabbit holes. We, we, we're doing the things that we know we can do well and execute on. And that actually helps the business be very capital efficient. Well, and I'm also assuming that your day job has obviously helped with this because it's engineer, I, again, words that are above <laughs> me. But I'm assuming that what you do in your day job has somehow spilled into your side hustle. You know, it's, it's um, so my day job, I, I'm a VP of marketing at um, a, you know, a, uh, a 90 person medical device company. So I have a team of uh, 15 people wow. uh, under me at that business. So, so I, they do, they do an incredible job. Now, one, what I'm able to do is actually and in the last six months i've really kind of gotten into gear on this is cross pollinate skill sets across both of those efforts so i might have the opportunity and freedom at leaf to go deep and learn something new about some some new digital channel or web marketing digital marketing um direct to consumer facebook etc and for example I, i really dug in and learned how to do Facebook targeting with um, Leaf Shave. And I brought that over to my day job company. And in a traditionally very B2B space, we've instituted a a business to consumer marketing program at that company. And um, likewise, over there, I might learn a skill set that I bring over to Leaf when it's convenient. So, you know, it's just having two different brains that get to tackle different problems. And then you see how those might work in different companies. That's (laughs) incredible, though. No, but it's incredible that you have been able to take something from your side hustle and bring it to your day job. Have you told everyone at work what you do though as a side yeah, hustle everyone knows I, That's I, amazing. I'm not yeah the secretive about it everyone knows I've got this side business and um you know as long as the work gets done right. across channels like everyone it, it's all good yeah and now you mentioned Facebook and uh Facebook ads and stuff like that I know for people who are launching a new business putting money in something like social media is scary I have uh two friends they've been on this podcast before Roosevelt who credit Facebook ads for literally launching their business and getting it to where it is. I have another friend, Crystal, also on this podcast, who called me the other day about her leadership company and debating if it made sense for her and her future clients to be on social media. So what has your experience, I guess, then been with social media ads? Uh, Both sides of those coins. So 
when we were prepping for our Kickstarter launch, I we had no presence. No one knew about us. Obviously, we weren't out there, weren't commercial yet. So I actually, I used Facebook. I spent about $5,000 on Facebook ads to build up email list ahead of launch before we even got to Kickstarter. And I think I ended up with maybe six, 5,000 people, 6,000 people on the email list. So it's, I think, fairly efficient, about a dollar an email uh, from the spend yeah. side. We were able to convert that 5,000 spend into um, directly into about 60 or 70,000 in revenue in Kickstarter. So it was a good, honestly, yeah. I kick myself. I didn't put more money into it right? at that point, but it's fine. You know, you learn and you figure it out. Since then, we really have pulled our foot off the gas. I and mean, we keep running out of inventory. So we really don't do much at all paid uh, performance marketing. Most of our, our our growth is word of mouth influencer marketing, which isn't really, we don't do paid, we do gifting there and cool. and uh, referrals and, and honestly word of word mouth, of mouth. You know, those types yeah. of things, very, very cost efficient marketing. It doesn't make sense for me at this point to spend to acquire a customer when we're keep running out of inventory. So <laughs> no, and who is making the razor then? Like, where is the inventory and who is shipping it? Yeah, so our blades are made in in Israel and our handles are made in Taiwan. So we've been over to Taiwan uh, three or four times working with the manufacturer. It's Have cool. you? It's yeah. a beautiful country. Yeah. It's really interesting. So our manufacturers are you know in the Taipei area and uh, they're great. It's uh, actually actually six factories that touch the production of our razor so we have kind of a centralized source that figures out how to coordinate all those different areas from an engineering perspective it's a it's a small very precisely made device so there's a lot of intricate things going on to ensure that the blade interacts with the skin in a consistent and precise and high quality manner but they've been really good they're all mostly family-owned factories small engineer driven and led so they've been they have helped us troubleshoot issues which is super cool yeah and the translator is very helpful <laughs> oh i'm i'm sure but it's awesome that you guys do visit these locations and oh, yeah. to see who is making your product and how it's being made it's clearly yeah. it's very important if this is how you're going to run your company it's super important. You can't just toss it over the fence on Alibaba and, and hope that something comes out you know, the other side and it, it works. It takes time and iteration and building a relationship. And you know, from a sustainability perspective, we paid a lot of attention to make sure, for example, that we ship 100% plastic free. You know, we were able to make that transition 12, 14 months ago, which has been cool. great. And we continue to look at the sustainability of our manufacturing processes too. So there are six finishes that you, you I think, correctly named out. Five of them are uh, electroplated. And one of them is made by a process called PVD, which is physical vapor deposition, I think. And PVD is really cool. It's a significantly more sustainable finishing practice than electroplating. It's more expensive, um, but it is more durable Mm. and it has uh, very few byproducts. I think it's basically clean water at the other end, something roughly like that. Uh, so we've so we tested that with one of our finishes, which is the mercury, and it's gone so well that we're looking on how to transition all of our electroplating to PVD finishing to increase our sustainability footprint. We're always looking to tweak like that. That's amazing, and that is so cool that you guys aren't just like, all right, it's great, it's running, bye. Like you're always looking to get better, and that's oh, yeah. obviously a great way to live when you you have your own company because if you're not going to continue to change and with society and with what people want, then you're just going to get left behind at some point. There's no other way to do it. No. I, we we have we run the business with the utmost of integrity, and I wouldn't do it any other way. That's really cool. Well, thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Cool. Happy to. <laughs> 
You mentioned uh, influencer marketing, and yeah. that kind of is foreign to people who either aren't influencers or who you know run businesses. So explain right. how you guys find influencers and what that process is like. It happens a couple of different ways. We're either very proactive if we find someone that we want to work with because we believe in their message or you know they've been recommended to us from another brand that we've like mm -hmm. worked with, uh, that we might reach out to them and, and form some sort of partnership. And other times people reach out to us, actually we get People reach out to us a lot, and we, we honestly we wish we could we could work with everyone that reached out to it. It just isn't possible. So we have to kind of pick and choose the, the things that make the most sense because you know again we we're a very small business and and so forth. W one of the things that we really look for actually there's two main things. One is uh, we don't like to do short kind of one-off things as much. I mean, we started doing that as we built our business, but as we've grown, we like to create longer term partnerships where it's not just, you know, here's a razor post about us next Tuesday, please. Um, it's more, let's, you know, let's, let's talk through why you're interested in this product. Does it really fit with our ethos? And we'll, we're, we're going to give you insight into all the things we're doing now. What's in the future? What are the decisions that went behind? So you can tell a story to the people that are following you. And if it resonates with them, we'd like to keep that going so that you can keep telling that story and we can keep um, providing opportunities to both benefit from that uh, in, in an organic way. So so that's what we really try to focus on for influencers. Yeah, it's really smart, it, whether it's social media or for me also on the, ra on the radio, any client or uh, company that we work with that has a story always, always does better on their ROI. People are like, oh, I am passionate about that company because I know their story. And I see it with this podcast. I mean, the people who listen to every episode really feel a connection to the guests. And, they're, and you know, maybe it's time for them to get a new razor. And they're like, I'm going to buy a new razor because I want to support this company because I know right. the story. And it's cool at any time you can get your story out there in a natural and organic way amazing because it's going to eventually get more people to follow because they're attracted to why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't want it to be transactional. We want it to be story and relationship driven. That's amazing. So your your wife, April, we got to talk about her a little bit. Yes. She is the reason we're doing this podcast. So I know. <laughs> she's the one who, so she messaged me on Instagram, but what is her, I guess, day to day then? Because you mentioned she's a part of, she's your first employee for Leaf Chief. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. She's an angel. Uh, I mean, she donated her time for free to us for a long time, and we're trying to get her to accept a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what she does is she controls our um, our pack ship operation. So uh, when orders come in, um, she makes sure that they get out in a timely manner and are accurate. But really, there's the little things that are why we love her working with us, which is she'll write personal notes, she'll do personal touches, she'll draw. Sometimes we get the weirdest requests coming in on orders like draw me something from space or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what would happen if your razor was an animal? And she'll, you know, she'll respond to those in a really personal way and put a really cool touch on it so she she's got a, a a really nice niche there and i think she's she's created almost a persona for herself with our customers okay know so about i know who did the note for me now <laughs> because exactly. i had a note oh, and i was like okay. this is so cute so it was april so there you go. april messaged me 
on Instagram from the Leaf Shave account, and her her message said, "Hey, Carla Marie, it was a glorious Memorial Day weekend in Connecticut. I didn't see my husband at all. He is the epitome of a side hustler." And I laughed because I was like, "It was a glorious Memorial Day weekend, and I didn't see my husband at all." So, oh boy, <laughs> she obviously supports you and loves you and yeah. is a part of this. But I'm assuming a lot of your time has gone to Leaf Shave. Yes. Yeah. A lot of our, our, my time and our time, you know, she, she digs in and spends weekends and she works really hard on it. And when you have a company like this, that's growing and really exciting. And you also have a full-time job that's very demanding. Um, sometimes work can take up a large portion of my brain and talking time, um, with her. And so I do, we do have to, we have to work on finding space to make sure that we don't spend our life talking about work, which is really important. And it's something not to be lost if you're thinking about starting a side hustle is understanding that balance and and the trade-offs with it, frankly, because there it can be hard. Uh, but she's amazing. And, and I actually hadn't heard the note, so that's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so the, speak to that then. How do you guys do that? Because so many people who are side hustlers, obviously, they are very spread thin and their significant other will help them a lot. So then how do you guys disconnect from work? How do you do you ever do you guys say, OK, no phones, no talking about anything like what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you try to put moratoriums like when you go out to dinner or no work when we go to a short trip up to Maine or something, you know, try to do things like that. Honestly, still working on it. It's not the easiest thing in (laughs) the world. (laughs) Well, because I'm sure at some point you're like, hey, I have an idea and you want to say it. Yeah, of course you have to, especially when you're always evolving and you have more things that you want to do. Definitely. So I'm assuming then you don't ever want to leave your day job or is it one day you just want to work on leave shave forever i don't know i i mean yeah that's probably that's the dream i would love to do that uh, but but i'm also really pragmatic which is you know i have to think through at what point does me making a a jump full time really add to the growth trajectory of leave right over for example hiring someone with a very specific skill set that might get us to that next trajectory so that calculus is always going on uh, and it's it's a balance. It'll probably come down to uh, just where my focus and time has to go as I try to spend more time with my family. Too. Of course. <laughs> so I saw on your website, leafshave.com, for people to mm-hmm. check it out, that you have the twig trimmer and it's a prototype. What is oh, going yeah. on with that? Oh my gosh, I love this story. So <laughs> Twig is a single edge safety razor that we've had under development for about a year and a half. And we made 5,000 prototypes and we put it up on the website and we said, anyone who buys a, a leaf razor, tick this box. If you want to try this new product under development, we'll ship it to you for free. Oh my God, I'm but sure people ate that up. All we want is for you to tell us yep. what you think. And so while supplies last or almost out um we've been doing that and we've gathered hundreds um thousands of data points that have uh, gone into the next design iteration of the twig single edge which will be our second commercial razor it's under the final stages of industrial design right now it's going to be moving into manufacturing later this year and will likely Uh, kind of a nod to our start here is launch it via a crowdfunding campaign um, to provide an opportunity for our our users who provided feedback to get uh, a fantastic deal if they want to add that to their shaving arsenal. (laughs) It's really smart, though, that you 
you know, kind of let the average person try it out because people love giving their opinions. And I'm sure that they were, you know, really yeah. <laughs> honored to be a part of that. And okay, great. Bye, Razor. And you get to test this out and tell us what you think. And we're going to listen. I'm sure people love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if if you are the kind of person who wants to participate, it's it's amazing. And it's helped us build more of a relationship with users so that like all those feedback emails went to me and I responded personally from my email. And so like I now have a a one on one relationship with those hundreds, if not thousands of people that have written in. And I know they'll come to bat for us when we need the help because we will always go to bat for them. That's amazing. It's smart. I mean, obviously you're not tricking people by responding to them because guess what? You're actually putting in the work and you actually care, but it is so smart from your point of view as a, someone who owns a company to really make a connection and not just be a product that shows up at someone's doorstep and whatever, like you're a person behind a razor as crazy as that may sound, but you are a person who has a, a passion for this and you're connecting with them. Yeah, that's always been key. If you look at our social posts as well, we're taking a very personal tone and and approach. April does a lot of those. I jump in, my co-founder Adam goes in too, but we try to take it not from a, this is a brand speaking, but this is a person behind the brand who's talking. So I have to give your wife the credit for finding the podcast and for getting you on here. But when she told you, hey, you're going to be on this podcast, uh, what were you like, okay, or like you had no <laughs> idea what was really going on? I was really First of all, I love podcasts. And so I immediately downloaded it, listened to a bunch of episodes. Thank you. So now I've got something else to keep me company in the car, which cool. is great. No, I'm a huge podcast junkie. I actually did one in Pittsburgh when I lived Sweet. there for a year. I did like an episode every other week or maybe, yeah, two months for a year. And then I, it was exhausting. So I give you props for keeping this up. It's not easy it at is all. Not. It is essentially become my side hustle. So it's pretty That's crazy. Right. Yeah, it is pretty ironic. Um, but you did say you listened to a bunch of episodes. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Is there someone, a product or something specific that jumps out in your mind that you heard on an episode or someone that you related to could be literally anything? So is the modern fertility one? Um, because I heard the other. Yes, I heard the other. Right. Sorry, Carly. Carly. Yeah, there so you go. I heard the other side of that. Her co-founder on a different podcast. Oh, cool. So it was really interesting to hear her side. Too. Um, we've done a couple podcasts at Leaf, and I've done a lot of them because I'm just kind of in this role. I'd really love to get my co-founder on there to tell his side of the story, too, because I'm really interested in those co-founder relationships and how those two stories interplay. So I, that, I was actually very drawn to, to listening to that one when I downloaded it. I love that you you said, too, if you're going into a business, go in with a co-founder, because I've actually had someone say, if you have a passion and this is what you believe in, don't add anyone else to it and i guess it all yeah and you're i know you're okay for people who can't see adam his mouth his jaw just dropped i was like oh my god what and i think it it all depends i mean adam your co-founder came to you and said i That's have right. this passion this is something i've always wanted to do the person who said it to me was someone who has always always wanted to do this just i'm assuming got into it with the wrong person and it was kind of a mess you guys yeah. you know you work well together but it's something you obviously truly truly believe in 
You know, that's key, really. The first thing we did when we formed our partnership was create a partnership agreement, just the very legal document that goes along with the formation of our LLC and and the company. Because really what that is, it's it's planning for conflict and divorce while you're blissful. And and that's... (laughs) It's a prenup. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a prenup. It's, it's saying like, look, we know that there's going to be conflict down the road. This is how we're going to handle it. This, this is the roadmap just in case things do happen Smart. so that we're level set and we understand what our contributions and expectations are. Uh, and that was a fantastic conversation to have. And it served us well. We've not had to go to it because we work really well together. We're very good friends, which is often a hard balance to make. But we're we're, we're so complimentary in skills that we don't overlap in a lot of ways that it, it works. I think I need to do that with my morning show. That would be great for all of yeah. us. So that when disaster <laughs> strikes, which it will at some point, we know how to handle it. That's right. Exactly. I love that. They, that might be like one of the, the coolest tips anyone has ever said. It's it really you need kind of a prenup for your co-founder who you're working with. So thank you for that one. That might be one of my absolute favorites. Awesome. Anytime. I mean, anyone who's been in this type of situation knows you spend almost more time with your co-founder yeah. than you might with a spouse, unless your spouse works for you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a, there you go. Smart way to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Adam, I need to thank you. Like I said, it's super late. And the fact that you were sharing your story with everyone listening, I really, really appreciate it. The fact that you made a product great for the environment and that you're passionate about and that I know people are going to be passionate about is amazing. And you're also doing a discount code, uh, leafshave.com. It's code Carla. Marie, thank you for that as well. So, I mean, this has been super cool and I I just loved hearing your story. So thank you. My gosh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thank, thank you to April. Yell to her as I know she's around. Thank you, April. <laughs> I got to chat with April, Adam's wife, after Adam and I recorded the podcast and she is the freaking sweetest and was super grateful that we did the podcast. But really, I am the grateful one that people spend their time telling me their story. And it's been really rewarding for me to be on this side of hearing all these inspirational, super passionate people. And I hope you feel the same way when you listen to Side Hustlers. So don't forget, always, always, always reach out to me. It's the Carla Marie on Instagram. Been appreciating everyone screenshotting and tagging when they're listening. That's super cool. Side Hustlers podcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet me at the Carla Marie and send me any requests you have at all. It doesn't even have to be about this podcast. I am here for literally anything you want. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That really, really helps. Appreciate that. Uh, Tell your friends to listen, your mom, dad, whoever you want. And of course, go follow at Leaf Shave. That's L-E-A-F-S-H-A-V-E. It's leafshave.com. Use promo code Carla Marie. Support Adam and his business partner, Adam, and his wife, April. So go do that. And don't forget to check out my friend Crystal, she was on the podcast a few months ago with her company, Nobility Leadership. She's got a really awesome online leadership workshop starting in August. She also has a lot of local events going on in Seattle. So nobilityleadership.com to check that out. And as always, I cannot thank you enough for being here and spending your time listening to this podcast. It is wild to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next week, keep hustling. The weekly podcast that started it all. They just wanted to have fun as they dreamt of one day having their own morning show. And now they do. 
But the tradition continues every Friday. My Day Friday with Carla Marie and Anthony. Available worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Kick off your weekend with Carla Marie and Anthony. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.